welcome once again to We Are Doomed, a Soccer Rangers podcast, where we focus on conventions, cosplay, and nerddom in general. Who are we? Well, I'm Cole. I'm the Green Ranger. I'm Tyler. I'm the Green Ranger. I'm No, I'm the Black Ranger. What am I saying? I'm Robert. I'm the Green Ranger. Wait, no, I'm the Red Ranger. No, wait, I'm the Red Ranger with green accents. Yes, Ooh, that happened. Fancy. And we and filling our fourth chair this week is another member of the cosplay of the Power Ranger cosplay crew. Uh, DJ, our Yellow Ranger. Hey, DJ. Yep, this is Yellow. For all you who don't know, this is probably the first time you've ever heard me talk because most of the time I'm the quiet, crazy one. <laughs> That's how you figure out he's the loud, crazy one. Yes, mm-hmm. indeed. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Just depends on whether I'm on or off the cosplay board. <laughs> so, indeed, DJ. Yeah. Tell us what got you into cosplay. Well, cosplay convention. Well, the well, what really got me into it is actually been part of this whole thing right now. Is actually Rob. He's the one who really spitfired the whole thing because I had always looked at it. I looked at it. A year, I went to a convention one year before I met Rob. Tried to do my own cosplay and thought that army fatigues, a headband, and a couple of Naruto symbols drawn on my arm was something. When you walk into a convention center and a guy walks by with twelve foot angel wings and a scythe that looks like it's that looks like something that just dropped out of a video game and was printed right there, you start to feel like, oh, maybe there's a little more to this whole thing. And after oh, that year, I kind of realized that. And the next year, having been lazy and growing my hair out, I was recruited by. Rob to play Carlos Ovara because of my hair. And that was my first official cosplay that I actually had purpose behind. And it kind of just took off from there. And now I've been developing, now I've been, now I developed some of my own cosplay. Cool. Interesting. And so SoccerCon was your first con? Yep. SoccerCon has been my first con. As far as I'm concerned, it's the only con I've just really been worth attending as far as I'm concerned. I mean, the other ones look kind of cool, but for right now, the way my finances work, it's right down in Seattle, real close to my house. All I have to worry about is getting to the ho- paying for a hotel, not having to fly or anything else like that, which I can understand. I mean, I still might be interested in going seeing another con, but for right now, the convenience of it, the way it is in my life, soccer con is just the one I prefer the most mm-hmm. in that respect. And everyone that tells me that it's been to other cons, they say it's the friendliest. I can believe that, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I mean, it depends on how you define friendly, but... I mean, just outwardly, it just seems like, like some of the, I've been to a couple of hotel cons. I went to Kamori con a couple of times. I've done Aki con, but it just, you always feel like either there's not enough atmosphere or what atmosphere is there is, uh, always a too manipulated one direction or another. Not, you're not really allowed to create your own atmosphere within the situation. Whereas mm-hmm. at soccer con, there's everyone creates their own atmosphere and it works so well together that way because it has enough room to let people do that. Oh, totally. Okay, then. Um, what quick. would you say? Yeah, that is very quick, actually. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, what would you say is your preferred cosplay style? Well, I, I've always – I like to look – in the last five years, I did it main. – I've done mainstream cosplay. Like I did Carlos Arvaro was mainstream. I did – I did. Um, I, I perfected a Bardock, um, Goku's dad from uh, Dragon Ball Z. Those who probably may not know, it amazes me how many people who still don't know who he is. He's got three movies now. You should, you should know. But 
in any case, I did that for three for four years. I broke the three-year jinx. Rob said I couldn't do it, but I did it, and I pulled it off with spades. I still don't have pictures from the photo shoot that literally almost broke my knee and threw my back out, but <laughs> – it was still one of the funnest cosplays I ever did. It got the most reactions. Uh, if you've heard the comment over 9,000, I've said it so many times in one convention that I couldn't talk by the end of the convention and had to write everything. And that it was a wonderful time, let me tell you. It was great. <laughs> yeah, except for the fact <laughs> that you had to be my translator because I couldn't write. <laughs> oh, it's being Vegeta but, but as far as style goes, I like, I generally like to, nowadays, I like to find a character that's from a mainstream series, but a lesser-known character. Like, everyone knows Dragon Ball Z, but not, as I said, not everyone knows Bardock. Well, nowadays, I create my own characters and take odes from other series. Like, I wish we... We'll have to include some pictures eventually in the link or something. I'll have to try to send them to Rob or something. Of my cosplay I did this year is the culmination of five years and over ten years in my head of a, a original character design that has been incorporated from what was other uh, other series but incorporated in my own style okay so for the people that don't know bardock also i it well they're different okay i'm just trying to figure out because i've never heard the name bardock before personally so oh, oh really oh so oh, well, that bardock helps. is goku's dad from uh dragon ball yeah yeah um, he was, um, oh, yeah. I'm looking at a picture at him right here. He looks so, for a second there. I took one look at him and, like, and it was just a headshot. I was like, is that Vegeta? But then I well, realized think, it wasn't, but well, think of him with Vegeta's outward personality, very aggressive and really very much barbarian esque. But yet at times he really thinks, but eventually this, he goes to this planet and, yeah is um faces these aliens and one of them wakes up a telepathic a telepathic ability with him that allows him to see the future okay and, and he sees he sees he frieza sees, he sees frieza doing terrible things to the saiyans and then he also sees that goku is eventually the one that will destroy frieza spoiler alert for those who haven't watched dragon ball z but if you've listened to this podcast and you have not seen dragon ball z you should be hung by your toes <laughs> i guess i'm getting hung by my toes <laughs> you, you've yeah, seen some of, of it you, you've seen some of it I mean if you don't know who Bardock is I'm not going to penalize you on that but if you looked at Goku, looked at me and said Goku who I'd have to punch you yeah okay okay no no DJ you're being too nice uh, Tyler get out of uh, Saskatchewan I'm about to Gallic gun this bitch <laughs> oh no it's okay I'm stronger I got a high power level alright you're right you'll you'll survive you'll survive it'll just be a crater around coal yeah worst case scenario you just like why don't you just instant transmission and just hit him with a direct attack? It's a lot easier than trying to sacrifice that whole block. <laughs> and besides, then you can pass his office in an accident. Maybe his insurance company would cover. Just tell them it was a satellite that was testing a new distant tanning technology. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, and how, Okay, so... We only met me and Tyler only met you about three years ago. I would have to say it was the same time we met Robert. Four years now. Four years now. Okay. Yeah. So, but how did having fun? Exactly. <laughs> uh, but how did you meet Robert? Well, um, originally the way I actually met Robert had nothing to do. Uh, it, it eventually led into dealing with anime, but we just so happened to be at the same college at the same time. I live in Seattle currently, but I moved to Port Angeles briefly in 2007 to go to Peninsula College and pursue a fisheries degree to become a uh, 
fish hatchery technician. They had one of the best programs in the state at the time. And I had been there probably, I'd say, not even a week. And he called me out on my trench coat, my Naruto shirt, and my hair. Said, hey, you, come here. We have something in common. You need to help us with something. And that little I know, that would spawn wow, over ten, That would bring wow. me a 10-year <laughs> a, a ten commitment to basically doing whatever this man tells me for three days out of the year. <laughs> He's my bitch. If that doesn't sound horrible enough to those of you at home. <laughs> That's funny. So, and then the way we met you, we didn't really talk with you very much that very first year that we met you. You kind of just, the way you kind of got introduced to us was like, hey, it was Robert introducing you to us saying, hey, I know these, I've, these are two Canadians that are helping out with this Power Ranger thing. Yeah, that's basically the way I met you. You guys were the uh, Power Rangers from Canada. And I did. I figured I'd work with you guys that year. I had no clue if we would ever even see each other again after the chessboard, let alone do the whole thing for the next four years and get pissed off that they pulled the plug on the fifth year. <laughs> I wasn't they were pissed off about it. We understand. I mean, well, we understand. I, I, now. I understand. I just was getting finally getting in really in tune with it, especially this last year. I really had a lot of fun with that performance. Yeah, we we just wanted a break. <laughs> yeah, understandable. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Just a chance a break. break. Yeah, besides, John's got a plan he needs you to go and help out with. The two of you need to get together. It's, uh, we, I think it might be something close to what we've been talking about in the future. We'll have to, yeah. we'll, we'll have to see how close that correlates, but I've been, I've been talking to him off and on with things like that, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the other thing? Oh, yeah, and the way, the way that we were introduced to you in a way was like, yeah, by the way, DJ, we're shoving you into a condom version of a, of a oh, Power Rangers <laughs> No, the best way I like to see it is, I, I I talk to Rob. He tells me three months ahead, of, a month or so, a couple of weeks ahead of time. He tells me, well, we might need you for something at con, but I'm not sure. And then he comes up to me on that the day the, earlier that day, and he goes, you know, I need that favor. I need you to help with the cosplay. I go, sure. And he go, and I go, well, what is it? And he goes, Power Rangers. And he, he goes, Yellow Ranger. I go, oh, no problem. Well, that wouldn't be a problem, but that suit was built for a woman who's five seven. I'm five eleven, and I'm not a woman. I'm slender. But it doesn't exactly work. My nose was pinched my head for two and a half hours. I think my nose almost broke during that instance. I know I had to pull it back out straight and hold it to get it to stay. Because it wouldn't stay straight out for about the next half hour. It warped my cartilage. Wow, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, that nice. and sneezing inside that thing with your nose like that is the worst possible thing. I got so much snot in my mustache I had to shave. <laughs> That's funny. Ugh. Not to mention, it's awkward trying to realize you have to go to the bathroom and that thing you have to zip from the back of your head down and somehow get it off. It's not easy nor quick. No, trust me, we know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were very happy the following year when we gave you the kitty cat helmet. Uh, to a certain degree, until you slammed it on my head and it was too. T- I, it had too much foam and it almost ripped my ears off. <laughs> I still have. My fault. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we had to pull some insulation out of it. I remember it's actually sitting on my bedpost in my room right now. One of my friends walked in and asked me what football team I was part of until he saw that. And he goes, "What? that's from the Power Rangers. Was that from like your sister's costume or something? And then I had to tell him the whole scenario. And he did, after about 10 minutes, he's just looking at me like, what the hell do you do for three days? That's what we get asked every year. <laughs> and I'm like, it's not even three days. It's like a couple hours out of that three-day weekend. But yeah, it's something I look forward to every year. I just don't know quite what to expect out of it. 
Yeah. Anything that you can think of, Tyler? Because I'm trying to remember if there was anything else there. No, no. I got nothing. I've only got one other question for him. Hey, DJ, could you go and describe what uh, not sleeping for three days uh, during a convention and going and walking in on two people being the, uh, or, you know, breaking, breaking rules kind of con? Yeah. yeah. Well, well it, it's interesting that you bring that up. I don't know if exactly it should be a tenth rule. It's more like uh, maybe knock or be aware of your surroundings, but being aware was not exactly possible at that point because that was the year that I met my friend, this guy, Char- this guy Charles. A friend of mine I knew from Deviant Art, and we decided after about the first day, end of the night, it's get it, end of the first second day, it's getting kind of late, and he was so much fun to talk. I'm like, I'm not going back to the room. I'm just going to stay up. And next thing you know, that turned into two and a half days, and I all I was eating was Gatorade and energy drinks. And I think the only thing that kept me alive throughout that entire thing was the fact I was young enough my system could take the shock. And at one point, I remember we, me and we had quite the group. We had ranging from me, who's like a third year. This was like my third or fourth year at the convention. Like I'm just barely even becoming acquainted with this, and I do this. We walked from the convention center to the Hurricane Cafe, which for those who don't know, is over by the Space Needle. We walked all the way over there, got there just as they opened, and because of the dedication, they gave us half-price food and uh, free coffee. <laughs> And basically, I went at one point, just after that, I was rather delirious, went back to the hotel room to refresh my energy drink and Gatorade supply. Well, I just walked in, didn't think anything about what, what was going was on. What time was that? Um, hell if I know. It was sometime at night. That's all I remember. I could tell you it was dark outside, but I could tell you what time of day it was. I lost track of time after about the, it was after about time, the 12th. It was late. Yeah, yeah it, it was, was like 2 a.m. Yeah, well, it was acceptable time for them to be doing something. That They assumed I wasn't going to be back to the room for a while, and I, I would have done the same thing had I had the opportunity. I don't blame them. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. He's just lucky he didn't meet her at the convention, because convention women can be crazy sometimes. Sometimes. I'm not saying all the time. No one get offended here. <laughs> so, yeah, moving on from there, though. But yeah, you walked in on those two going at it and then didn't Apparently notice. they were, but I didn't even notice. I was too busy at the stash at hand. I got my Gatorade and my food and I left. I can't didn't find out until later. I thought you and changed Fonzo, boots at the same time. Well, yeah, I changed, I think I did something I did I, well anyway, I pulled around the hotel room. I just remember Rob telling me later, Did you know that they were what? He he tells me and I gotta look at him and like, Oh, okay and then about I'm just about walked away and I realized what he'd said is like they were doing what while I was there? <laughs> Apparently, you know, the way Robert tells this is that you didn't get you didn't get that reaction until about an hour later. No, I didn't tell. No, I was like a couple hours later. I was like, I walk up to him and go, "Wait a minute! You you told me they did what in the room?" Yeah. Oh God, I'm never gonna forget you reacting to that because that was when we were checking out of the Red Lion uh, lobby, and it was in the exhibition hall a couple hours later, and you just stopped and went and screamed, "They did what?" <laughs> Yes. Well, at that point, I was so sleep deprived, I didn't know what end was up. At that point, I had already played chicken with an automatic faucet, and I'd watched the little man on the bathroom door walk off the door. <laughs> Which we also realized several years later, there isn't a uh, men's restroom on that uh, in that lobby. <laughs> uh, probably, I wouldn't doubt it. It probably explains why there was no urinals, and I had to use a stall. <laughs> Though I couldn't tell you if the person standing next to me was a long-haired gentleman, a man in a wig, or a woman in a wig, or just a woman with long hair. (laughs) 
because well, the convictions you just don't know, and sometimes you don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. So let's move on real quick to the upcoming conventions for this week. And since we kind of gone on a little bit for that, so we'll do this for nice and quick. Uh-huh. Starting off, we have MetroCon in Tampa Bay, Florida. We have Anime Friends Argentina and Buenos Aires, Argentina. We have Kitsu, uh, Con in Green Bay, Wisconsin. NatsuCon in Collinsville, Illinois. And Amacon in Armadillo, Texas. Armadillo, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say Armadillo, Texas? Sorry, they're, I've they're been, all over play soccer there. Sorry, I've been playing uh I've been playing the Red Dead Red Dead Redemption and one of the first towns you go to is Armadillo. <laughs> one of the oldest towns in Texas. Mm. Well, considering it's in the, it's in it's in Red Dead Redemption, there we go. <clears throat> but anyways, oh, so moving oh. on to Comic Cons. We have uh Pulp Fest in Columbus, Ohio. Rocon in Mystic uh Connecticut, I'm I think is what C T is. Yeah. Uh, Barla, Tennessee, uh, is hosting Memphis Diecast and Toy Show. Mm-hmm. GEXCon in Fredericksburg, um, VA. You always um, have the hardest time with this one. I don't know why. I don't understand why. I think I'm just talking. I, I'm the only one that I'm thinking is Virginia, so it probably is Virginia. Uh-huh. Uh, it just seems weird that there's an A. Anyway, Lock City Comic Con in Stamford, Connecticut. Like, uh, Lock City Comic Con and Milwaukee Comic Con in Milwaukee. And if you are attending any of these conventions, make sure, have be safe, have fun, and of course, as always, follow the 10 rules of con. So, Robert, what's, what's coming up for the evening subject? Evening subject this time around was... Just thinking, actually, DJ and I had a conversation a little while ago, and he started up kind of a new hobby that he does during the downtime between conventions. And I was just thinking, what is a good use of time for a cosplayer in between, you know, the convention circuits? I mean, it's not like you're going to go and start working on your costume ahead of time and try to get it done so you're not panicking a week before the convention to finish it or anything like that. Huh, yeah, what's not uh, possible? <laughs> it's, it's, exactly. I mean, that's uh, the. It's called every cosplayer said it, but no one's creation ever un- done it. It's called creation under stress. Half the best artists created things under a time crunch. <laughs> <laughs> no uh, kidding. Every time I've so, done a costume early, it's just like I lose it. It loses its excitement because, like, yeah. I have it and it's done, and then it just kind of sits there, and then I just kind of get bored of it. Like mm-hmm. I, that's what happens when I make keyblades. Is I got keyblades that I've never seen a con because I made it out of con season to make it. And I was like, I'm going to take this to con one day. And it just kind of sits there. I'm like, ah, I'll take another one that I'm more excited about now. Yeah. No, I totally and get which that. Which ones haven't been touched? I think you've had like two or three that you haven't ever you taken to con. Uh, one, two. Yeah, three now. I got three that I've never taken to con. You should modify one into a steampunk keyblade, and maybe I'll pay you for it. Oh, I wonder how to do that. Man, the Windows Proof looks already pretty steampunky. That one actually just, is pretty steampunky. Oh, yeah, that helps. Is there not a steampunk keyblade anyways? There probably is somewhere. I don't doubt someone's done it. I know there's a guy that we used to carry one around that was made out of the rear axle of a Ford Taurus. <laughs> That's 
heavy. Yes, he let me hold it one year. I mean, that's back when I worked at the fish when I worked at a fish hatchery. And I could lift ninety pounds onto one shoulder, and I picked that thing up and try to stiff arm and hold it like it's an actual sword. And unless it was me, I mean, even then swinging it, you feel like your wrist is going to rock out of its socket. God, what's the point of that then? I told him it's really good yard art, but that's not much for an actual something to carry around. I bet the peace bonder wasn't worried about you hitting somebody because you couldn't lift it above your waist. Mm. <laughs> worry mm. about you hurting yourself, dropping it on your toe. Definitely. That's a definite point right there. But as Robert was saying, like off time things, well, interesting you should bring that up, Rob. Um, well, any, I don't know anyone out there is also an RC or radio controlled enthusiast, but I recently picked up one of the top-of-the-line radio-controlled monster trucks, and I've been fiddling around with it. But much like a real monster truck, you play hard, things tend to go wrong. Well, about a week in, I landed off of a jump in a wrong way and blew out my rear differential pinion gear. Not that big of an expensive part. Problem is, I could either spend seven bucks and replace it then, or within close to then, or wait three and a half weeks for the newer, more improved ones to come out and get those, which those come out tomorrow, and I'm going to be probably ordering a set of those then. <laughs> so your your kind of recommendation, uh, just throwing something out there, maybe to go and occupy people's times and pocketbooks, because you know, none of us can seem to hold on to our money before conventions anyway. Uh, go and look into the uh, more RC. serious high-end RC circuit. Well, I would say what will you call hobby grade. Not Radio Shack. I'm talking something that if it breaks, you can go down to the store or go online and order a part down to the screws. Mm -hmm. The point is, if something you're going to play hard with something, you want to be able to work on it. It allows you to have more, you feel more confident playing with it because then if it breaks, you know you'll be able to bring it back. Whereas in, with something, that, say you buy from a box store or something like Radio Shack or something like that, those things, they break, they're done. Plus, they are utterly pathetic compared to what a real one is. A new one nowadays is a power tool with wheels. <laughs> That is the best way to put it. They have so much power and they're so capable, it's scary. All right, cool. What, uh, what about you, my Canadian friends? What, uh, what kind of stuff do you guys do to occupy yourselves during the off season? Um, you know, other than working on this excellent podcast. Drink, uh, masturbate, uh, watch YouTube. Uh, sleep. Uh, sleep. Well, you're kind of already labeling thing that most of these people probably already do. Video ah, games. True. <laughs> That's part of the Okoyu culture. <laughs> yeah, drive around, go out for drives, have the occasional camping trip. Uh, Pokemon is apparently the new thing. That's a big thing, yeah. Um, God. Yeah, I don't know. What other hobbies do I have? It's like basically saying, what other hobby do you have other than cosplay? I just pretty much I've always just made stuff. So that's basically my hobby is making things. So anything that involves me making stuff. So uh, normally work will keep me occupied, uh, which I just work at stuff at work all the time. That's, that's, that's what I do for a job is I make things. So uh, that always keeps me occupied. Um, on the weekend, it's just kind of like hanging out with friends, playing video games, board games, going camping, just going to the bar and drinking. Uh, we don't have very many cons over here, uh, well, up where we live, so it's more what basically what I do every day is just the regular stuff, and then occasionally a con will come around, 
and then that's like the very uh, very highlight. small window where you're going to a con. So I don't have just like five cons or multiple cons like we going to in a in all of con season. We've got one or two. Well, I guess we only have one in the city now, Cole. Is that is that it? Yeah, unless we want to travel to Calgary. Oh no, there's one coming up. God, on the twenty third. Really? Yeah. Um, what is it's new? Uh, Gab, it uh, Gab, Gab, it's like G A B E T T E. Uh, and it's like a new con that might be happening, might not be happening. Who knows? It is only its first year, so it's going to be very, 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 very small. Gambetta. Yes, that's it. Gambetta, July twenty third in TCU Place. Oh shit, we can go to that. It's in eight days from now, so but the information for it is like so freaking small. Yeah, this is his first year, Cole. 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 No, like the site first is like year. one page. <laughs> yeah. This is the first you can buy tickets, that's about it. It's gonna have very little stuff, but it's like that's what you do. It, it we we it's have very infant. little cons around here, so either you go to the cons that are new and support them and not be not be uh pretentious about it where it's like oh this con's small and i don't want to go to it uh i want to go i'll wait till it's bigger or something no you gotta you gotta go to it when it's small oh totally totally small cons have have their have their uh have their positives i mean i think me and rob can believe that better than almost anyone here (laughs) yeah there's six seven eight special guests apparently the alchemist armory chica hime colin work jeff burton Elaine Will, Mark Everett Will, Katie Cosplay, and Zed Cosplay. Oh, Zed, I know who that is. He he goes to SakuraCon. Yeah, he's from Musha. Oh. Hmm. Well, fuck, there you go. Yeah, I was going to say, I know that I know that name. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm also, I, I don't know if anyone else here is also much of an outdoors or, or doorsy people. I mean, in a lot of us, Okoyas are mostly geeks, but on the other side, I'm also a very big outdoorsman. I like to spend as much time outdoors as I possibly can. I want to go up fishing. For, make I up for been, this. I used to be like back back when I was a lot younger, but now it's mostly. But I haven't even been fishing in five years. You need to get back in it, dude. You got better fishing than we do, hands down, in a lot of places, especially your lakes. You got muskie, pike, all kinds of stuff. We don't. We have to drive hundreds of miles to get. You probably got it in your back door. Yeah, there is literally a lake outside our city called Pike Lake. Where you can just go get pike, it's just there. Yep. Yeah. Red, and Red pike, is my favorite fish to find too. Fish because oh. they're mean buggers. Oh yeah, I, uh, biggest one I ever caught was 15 pounds up in Fairbanks, Alaska. Mm. Looked like uh, a stick, and then it moved. Yeah. And my, there's, and there's my, a lot of outdoors thing you can do here because we are on a prairie and it's just flat, and then you can go over to uh, as far as BC and find something nice out there. Uh, but like, yeah. I don't know. I drive around a lot, get in a nice car and go for a cruise. That's that's the thing I'll do on my off time. What do you drive? Uh, uh depends which day, I guess. Um what do you got? When you want to go for a when you have a purpose just to have fun driving, what are you driving? Oh jeez, I don't know. Depends. The Camaro. Maybe. I got the Trans Am right now. So I got the Trans Am right now, I'm gonna drive that tomorrow. What year? Seventy eight. Oh, nice. Uh, Firebird or without? 
Oh, it's a firebird. Well, Trans Am is a firebird, so it's like. But the, I mean, it, I mean, what I mean, does it have the screaming chicken on the hood or not? Oh yeah, it does. Oh, yeah. Trans Am. Is it a black or is it a black or is it a or is it a, uh, or is it a blue one? No, it's a special edition black one. Teeth oh, nice. everything. So it's, it's oh, smoking the bandit. It's, it's, it's you out. need to look up. You need to look up the one they did on overhauling. The overhauling. They accented the chicken with specialized painted graphics that makes it look like it's going to fly off the hood. Hmm. Makes any other one look like crap. I'm sorry. It does. When you look at that particular decal, the way they accent it, it's just like, wow. Why can't they do that on all of them? Because that's very expensive. Because <laughs> they probably uh, um, airbrushed that on. Actually, most of it was hand-brushed on, so yeah, it was even more expensive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're all just decals. Like, it's all pinstriping and a huge decal. You can get those decals super easy. You can put that on anything because it's such a common decal that it's just like – because lots of like, uh, like, uh, Trans Am Pontiacs are really a car that people look for, so they try and restore them and such, so – you can get parts for them, no problem. Like they're, that was a big thing when the Camaros came out, like the new Camaros that they uh, conversion kits to turn them into 2016 Trans Ams because that's what people want. Well, so. yeah, it's good. well that's because the Trans Am has come up in value a lot. Like the the late anything after about 72 used to not have hardly any value, and now all of a sudden you see. 77 to 79 is going for 25 to 50 grand. It's like, what? That was a $6,000 car. Not even 10 years, not even six years ago. Oh, no, 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 no. Six years. No, it's always been high. It's always been a collector's item. It's it's just. Depends on the market. Yeah. Well, I guess if the market drops like it did back then, like six years ago, uh, that's always been a collector's item. Like there's certain cars that are just always collector's items. It's all. A lot well, of I mean, 1960s there's... muscle. Anything that's 1960s muscle and 1970s muscle, um, they're just always. Yeah, but a lot of the stuff. Like, awesome. after, yeah, a lot of stuff after the gas crunch, though. People don't want to mess with it. We're going way off topic. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, cars too much. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's what you do during your off season. So. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, do we want to move on to Robert? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I think it's. Uh... I think we kind of went and worked that one out there kind of was reaching for an idea anyway this time around we'll have something better next week for our main subject but uh going on from there uh cole would you please hit the switch what is a fandom movies tv anime web series Anything can become one, but the internet has made them into something more. Wars have been fought over whose fandom is the greatest. Families, friendships, and marriages have all been lost in these battles. Every week, we see who has what it takes to be the best. It's Rob's Stone Cold Pick of the Century for this week. Let's see who has what it takes to be it this week. Yes, hello everybody and welcome to Rob Stone Cold Pick of the Century uh, for, this week. for this week. Also known as the Fandom of the Week. This is back for its fifth or sixth week in a row. Wow, this is uh, this is getting exhausting again. I, I remember why we pretty well cut this out. Are you trying to tell us something? 
No, no, I'm I'm just being whiny. I don't I don't know. I really want to be outside, just going and catching more Pokemon. What are you talking about outside? We're in a floating void. Yeah, I'm aware of that. We're just going and driving in a limousine in a floating void now. This is like there's not even any line markers on this thing that we're driving on. Which is great. You just drive more, and then you just the wheels are moving. <laughs> or maybe you think we? You think there'd be more noise considering we're driving in a lifted, a lifted one that has producing somewhere around twelve hundred horsepower and has sixty-seven inch tires on it. Yeah, okay. no, you definitely think there'd be some noise. Yeah. Well, it kind of, we kind of need that if we're going to fit the hot tub in the back. That is an excellent yeah. point. Yeah, since it is you know a full size one. By the way, how's the how's the heat there, DJ? Heat's fine. Good thing that it has good suspension. Otherwise, half this water would be on the floor by now. Well, I'll just. I just. I do. I do wish that I did have some companionship in here. However, it is getting a bit boring. Tyler, jump in with him. Okay. Uh, And I was. I was referring more to if you could find me a nice Yoko cosplayer or something, but I suppose he'll work. (laughs) Well, Tyler. Well, well, Tyler's going to take some time to get back there because he's up here in the front. He's in the here in the shotgun seat seat next to me, so he's going to have to crawl back. I'm already back here. Like what? That quick. You just weren't paying attention. See, how you going? I don't even going think I don't so even fast. think Robert I don't even think Robert saw you go by. He's the one sitting next to the hot tub. We're going so <clears> fast. I'm already in the hot tub. Thank you very much. God we're damn going. it! I'm, and and of course I'm the one driving. We're going yep, so yep, fast. Right. How this works is it breaks science. It where like I jump and then I just when I land I'm in the hot tub. That's just how quick it is. Do you think it will work for me? Go no, for it. No. Do it. <laughs> There you go. Wow, this actually works. Yeah. And who's driving? Yeah, it's on cruise. Ah! Yeah. It was built by Audi. It's autonomous. All right. <laughs> I thought anyway. that, all right. All right, all right. So, so, so what is our sound, subject of the week? Yes, yes. If we sound a little bit on the crazy side, a little bit possibly stoned, well, it's actually probably you. We're we're completely sane right now. I, I don't think any of us have partook anytime recently i'm actually <laughs> drinking water uh, um speak for yourself okay, what, one of us might have one of us might have <laughs> <laughs> what do you think i do before i go talk to people for hours <laughs> well speaking of that yes yes so this time around in rob stone cold pick of the century for the week also known as the fandom of the week we are talking about our favorite stoner movies yes those films that are so unfunny that you really need to be high to go and watch them. Or ones made so funny that you can only really appreciate them when you're high off your ass. Or they so, just happen to have a good subject matter surrounding it. <laughs> I mean, let's remember, movies great. like Evil Bong exist. Yeah, or quality ones like Grandma's Boy, which I will vote was in the uh, top three. Uh, <laughs> uh, my grandma okay. drank my pot! <laughs> my grandma drank All right. my pot. Cool grandma. So, so this is interesting here. So you said that's in your top three. So, uh, DJ, uh, let's get your lady's perspective in on this one. Uh, tell me, uh, what, what is your favorite, uh, stoner movie and why? First of all, just because I like to bitch off, bitch a lot doesn't make me a woman. It just means I'm, I, I like to emphasize my opinions. No, but no, I would no. say, there, there goes the illusion. Now everybody really knows on what your gender is. Oh, everyone probably realized it by now anyway. We'll my figure it out. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about that in a mo- at the end of this. Yeah. yeah. But uh, no, I'd say probably, let's see here. Grandma's Boy is definitely up there. Um, 
trying to think. Hardest part about stoner movies is unless you're particularly stoned, trying to remember them sometimes can be hard. Um, I would say a movie that I anything. I'm sorry, most some people may be offended by what I'm about to say, but I don't like Will Ferrell unless I'm crossfaded. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's one of the if you call there's stoner movies. There's also this thing as six pack humor. <laughs> and I would so say anything any, that, so anything so in other words anything that um what's his freaking name uh Billy Madison well uh I, I wouldn't Adam say Sandler. totally I, no, I, I think Adam Simon who does a lot of six pack humor yeah he does a lot of it but not all of it is like the cobbler was a very great flick in its own right and it's told a great story and it had not much of anything to do with needing to be intoxicated it was just a straight up good movie mm. it was a little watched the cobbler it looked like it had an interesting idea, but when I heard everything about it, where it looked at inter- interesting idea and then made it just a regular family-friendly ad and sound. I wouldn't say it's entirely a family-friendly movie. I'd say it would be closer to what we consider when we say DreamWorks is family-friendly. It crosses the line from time to time when it feels it's necessary. Oh. It still reminds you that Adam Sandler is the one who worked on it. But, yeah. it's not like, but it's not so full of shock value. That's the thing. The thing about movies nowadays, like uh, you talk about things you need to be stoned to see, like – how I mean, how many people have been here watch Adult Swim? A little bit. Uh, yeah. Have you got? If you ever got to see the music videos they've been running at about two o'clock in the morning between the shows? Oh, but that's two o'clock in the morning. That is completely different. I've seen uh, messed up shows. I know, but regular I know, but two o'clock in the morning. I understand that it is two o'clock in the morning, but at the same time, I've seen st- some of the just and sometimes. Sometimes even you just look at um, look at some episodes of Family Guy. Family Guy I can watch sober or stoned. It usually helps if I'm stoned because then I won't be annoyed by some of their just ridiculous uh, childhood humor, shall we speak, shall we say, or shock value where they're just trying to mm. shock you with the fact of it, not trying to actually be funny. Mm. Mm. Movies that require a lot of shock value I prefer to be inebriated to watch. I forgot about that. Lots to find them funny. I'm so, just scrolling through a list of stoner comedies. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is a stoner comedy. Uh, I just think of uh, of like, um, dude, where's my car? Uh, yes, that's on. That's literally in front of me right now. That's yeah, that's uh, a definite stoner comedy there. Um, uh, Mac and Devin go to high school. That's a good one. Um, uh, well, I think Lebowski is technically a stoner flick. Oh no, of course. I used to get called the dude when I had my long hair. Yeah. I, uh, uh, but uh, uh, I, I see that. Um, yeah, what else is there? Pick of Destiny. Oh, oh for sure. To, yeah, for sure. Uh, oh, um, of course, any of the Jay and Silent Bomb movies, especially especially Jay and Bob, Silent Bob Strike Back. I mean, that's the best one of all of them. Yeah. You guys go through them all. Clerks, Clerks 2, Mallrats, <laughs> anything that has Jay and Silent Bob in there. Yeah. Yeah, any of those guys, that's definitely for sure. And, of course, we can't forget the original stoner movie, Up in Smoke, Cheech and Chong, of course. Of course. Oh, hi. There's another one. Yeah. Um, Bill and Ted. Dave Chappelle. Uh, Bill and Ted, excellent adventure. Or how about just the Ted movies in general? Good point. Oh, oh, yeah. Those are one of the most recent serious stoner movies to come out. And here's one that literally just gives away half-baked. Or the other one. That's the Dave Chappelle. Or or Super uh, Super Me with (laughs) – what's his name? Now, this is one that I, as soon as I think of Stoner film next to like Clerks and stuff like that, it's Harold and Kumar. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I was going to say, wait a minute. Yeah, Harold and Kumar. I totally forgot about them. You can't forget them. They're classic. 
So, like, what, what's defining these? Because these are also very close to just being cult classics. Is a stoner movie just a cult classic also, or a cult, a cult film also? No, well, they're films where they're classic, one of their, that is more commonly, more commonly appreciated okay. and has general referring to either use of or is more funny when watched during and usually makes light of the fact that it is involved in such things. Uh, weed? Yeah, yeah, weed. Everything else. Yeah. Because um, like every one we've named so far, I just refer to it like as like a cult film. Also, they're so a like, little bit of both. Well, yeah. you look at much of it is ingrained in our culture nowadays, and especially in the last thirty years, it basically may as well be part of the cult. But pretty much every yeah, but every single one of these ones is like they have references, and either they do smoke weed or they're referencing weed a lot. Yeah, being or not. it's implied, like in the case of Bill and Ted. Oh, Pineapple Express. That's another one. Pineapple, yeah. yeah. yeah Pineapple Express. All yeah. the Cheech and Chong movies, yeah. It's, it's like, has, anybody it's, it's, Fritz, uh, has anybody heard of Fritz the Cat? Yes. Oh, my God. That it's, actually existed? Yeah. And then you that actually existed. What do you think? You're having like a uh, – like that also would be going down like Meet the Feebles as well. Well, or in the comic strip. Well, going on to the more subject of things that are even – like I would say that there are certain animes that fall in that category. Um, I can't watch Shin-Chan Sober. That, You're not that, supposed to watch Shin-Chan Sober. Yeah, I know. That becomes clearly obvious after if you've watched – if you've been able to suffer through the starting or that stupid – or or Milk-Chan or uh, another – what was another one? What was another question? Uh, Fully Cooley is always a fun one. Oh, I'm, I'm actually short. It's short, and you can actually sit there and watch it in one sitting. Would mm-hmm. Super Troopers be a stoner movie? Yes. Yes. Reno nine one one. Any of that? Yeah, for sure. That, that, that's the it, 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 six pack humor and stoner movie kind of are almost interchangeable as titles, in my opinion. It's just it's mo- movies that are meant to make you laugh, and are usually generally referring to partying or carrying on over the excess limit of something. Mm-hmm. Mm. So it's not I'm, I'm, being I'm, tame or normal. So I'm looking at this list, and I'm like, I just typed in like stoner movies, and it came up with a list of 32. And the earliest movie that relates that is considered a stoner a stoner movie, it's called Reefer Madness from 1936. Oh, oh, the original education flick. If you ever get stoned and yes, watch that, it's, it's the funniest thing ever. It because it's so stupid. It's so not true. It's just I ridiculous. know. This and is what been... the definition about it is. Reefer Madness is a cautionary tale about the dangers of marijuana. The plot, insofar as there is a plot, resolves around high school students who experiment with reefer and are transformed into maniacs who kill and rape other drug persistence under the drug's persistence sway. It is very much not a documentary. <laughs> well, there's been, there's been people on YouTube that have said that, that it needs to be renamed to Crack Madness because that's what it, it's basically describing what a crackhead would do, not a pothead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if you watch the re, uh, just some of the funny remixes people have done with it on YouTube, it'll split your side. There's, there's a, hour, a couple hours of stoned entertainment just looking up the different jokes and mock variations people have done on that. I believe it. There's been like references done in probably at least thirty, at least good seven or eight movies I can think of. Definitely. My mom remembers watching it in school. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yeah, she said it was. She thought it was stupid back then, and she didn't even know what they were talking about. <laughs> oh yeah, Fast Times at Ridgemont. Oh. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. That was another one. Yeah. What about Days and Fuse? Yeah, sir. I don't know. I don't 
think that one really counts. Yeah, like that's got I, the I think that's more of a cult film. It's on this list. I, about, I don't know. I'm not going to agree with that one. I, I don't know. That's well. I know we're kind of saying McConaughey's breakthrough role. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah well, I see, that's one the could, thing is like I would consider that a cult film. Like that's a cult film. I wouldn't call this right. donor film. But like yeah, all just, well, donor like, films it, tend to be well, cult it's films. Like, oh. Yeah, it's just like uh, it's like you could uh, you saying that Tyler would bring up a very a good one that crosses both lines in my opinion. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's like Friday. Yeah, the Friday films. We heard you, Cole. Friday, oh, next Friday. Yeah, that's with that's with uh, Ice Cube and uh, Chris Tucker. Yeah, so that's pretty stoner. Um, heck, uh, Forrest Gump is fun to watch stone because you just feel like the whole you experience someone's entire life when you watch it. Ah, well, now with that aspect, you're just going down. Yeah, to that, but that's not of, like. You just yes. you just get stoned. Watch every movie because every movie will be good stoned. Like what yep. movie would not be good stoned would probably be. I can't really uh, think of anything. Good fight. <laughs> Rob knows where I'm going with that one. Yeah, <laughs> you get hungry, not stoned, watching that show. How about Ted? Yeah, that's what I said. The both Ted, 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 I would agree yeah. with. That's that's definitely a stoner film. Well, yeah, because they talk about doing drugs a lot, and it's like any film that just drugs is a thing that they're doing in it is always a uh, uh yeah, well, it, usually anything that has to do with partying in reality yeah um, has that's why i say ferris bueller would not be a stoner flick yeah, yeah. I, guess. Oh. I, th- I think that's one that could have stoner appeal but yeah it's definitely not a stoner flick i mean that'd be like going and calling hot fuzz a stoner film and yeah. i've actually met some pretty heavy stoners and they'll actually go and argue in the opposite direction it's almost too insane yeah, I'm not no, even gonna open a, the can of worms. I'm not even gonna open the can of worms on that one. <laughs> no, because like that's the thing is like every stoner flick is a cult film, but every cult film is not a stoner flick. It's exactly. Like, yeah. It's just a uh, stoner movies are a subgenre of cult films. Well, so, it'd be interesting. Well, if you really want to know an interesting list for that, look at type stoner movie into Netflix. They actually have a section, and so does Hulu, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. It's, just, it's <laughs> like a it's a movie that's just entertaining it's not really um yeah. thought-provoking or anything you just you kind of watch it and you don't need to well, think about it mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's part of the reason why i don't think i could go and put dazed and confused in that category because it's almost too smart yeah 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 like the subject materials in there but that also be like going and saying and dj you might go and disagree with me on this but one of my favorite comedies is, or one of my favorite R-rated comedies is Get Him to the Greek, which goes oh. and deals with a ton of uh, drug That's references. It. But the material is too smart with the way that it's approached and written that I can't imagine that being a good stoner film. No, it's a stoner movie. It's a stoner movie in the effect that you know all the intellectual shit that a lot of times I talk about. There's two different types of stoners. You have the guys that sit there and teehee and laugh and they don't and just makes them stupid. Then you have the other people that it that it actually sharpens the tool to a certain degree and they enjoy intellectual stuff that has humor behind it. How yeah, many but times I think that ever, latter is the uh, minority there? And so when you talk about definitely. I guess I guess in a certain respect you probably are. I mean that that opens up a whole new can of worms of as to how many people would you consider educated stoners and how many people that you just think are just just bumble brain stoners. Uh, I'd say I'd say bumble brain is majority because that's just that's what how it affects most people is that they just kind of mellow out and then they don't think about anything. Where the ones where they get smarter is a minority. So you can't really 
you got you to focus on the majority when you're talking about such a uh, broad concept. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm just. I'm just throwing. I'm just. I'm sorry. I'm just throwing that out there. I just. Oh yeah. yeah, like it's it's a it's a point to look at it, but it's such a small percentage that it's hard to. Put still feel as, I still feel as though because that's Russell Brandt and uh, what's his name? Those two were Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill synonymous with stoner movies. He's been in like every stoner movie I can think of almost that's been oh, come out in the last up? ten years. Like he is synonymous with that kind of stuff. I don't know because it's that's in the same universe mm-hmm. as uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall and like yeah. would you say that's a uh, stoner film? Because I'd say that's more like uh, that's mm-hmm. just more regular comedy than stoner film, and so it's kind of in the same. Yeah, but it, it, this is the other one has so much to do with drugs and everything else. It's just like that's like a maybe not a stoner movie. That's just a drug movie in general. Yeah, yeah. but it's not it's not it's not the way that it is. It's it's like um, yeah. Uh, that's not the aspect of it, or it's not about going to party. It's like a very, uh, very. It's more, yeah. It's more thought to it because it's about like talking about here. Uh, uh, it's more talking about artists and like how artists will go down a drug path and then they'll get clean and then they gotta kind of think about what they're doing and so it's yeah. Kind of follow Russell Brand and that's more the plot of the story of is him kind of reconnecting with being a uh enjoying being a singer and an artist and yeah. so that's what the story's about it just happens yeah, get, artists tend to go down those crazy drug trips like that and so they yeah it makes sense when you put it in that sense yeah it just it's been a while since i've seen it Rob can tell you i was listening to bangers and mash for close to a month oh yeah no <laughs> like uh i want to talk about um dude where's your car yeah. they never talk about drugs in that movie at all like mm-hmm. They never reference drugs at all. They have one night where they just get really drunk and then they forget everything. And then it's a bunch of crazy shit happens. It's just the characters they portray, the way they act really kind of bumbling idiots and stupid. It's almost, it's just assumed that they're just always high all the time. Um, even though they're like, there's like no drugs or anything in there. They just assume they're just high. Where, I'd rather I'd rather have people assuming they're high than rather than seeing it as a way to make expensive people with uh, intellectual difficulties. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's kind of like that's that's what I, like because if you watch that movie, there it's just a bunch of crazy shit happens, and it's really really like they have they well, run into cults, they run into aliens, two different. Well, kinds. it's one of those things. It's not stoner from their point of view, but if you want to be stoned on that point of view because it makes better sense to you because they're just doing such outlandish stuff, it just makes better sense because you're way more open to receiving oddball things when you're under the influence than yeah. if you were like I, I can tell you there's certain movies I've watched sober and then I watch them again high and it's like whoa that oh, was better sure. or that was no good. Why did I even bother? Your perspective, you're you're altering your mind. So with that sense, like I'd say, shoot, you could watch anything oh, stoned and. Oh, that's that's a great thing about um, in uh, uh, Half Baked. They mm-hmm. kind of go through that aspect of like what kind of stoners there are, and so they have like uh, it, it's with uh, Dave Chappelle, and then they have a whole bunch of guests kind of do cameos, and like there's I remember two really well, and I, it's one was uh, Snoop Dogg would did a cameo, um, and his was there's like the kind of stoners that just they only appear when you light up a joint, you get. Like how they shot that was a little skit with Dave Chappelle about to light up a joint, looks around, there's no one around, lights up a joint, and all of a sudden Snoop Dogg just pops out of nowhere, just like comes from underneath the stairs, is like, oh, you got a joint there here, let me just hit on that, and just sits down and 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 oh yeah, opportunistic, 
opportunists yeah, so, make smokers. <laughs> yeah, they make the joke of that where like they never have their own weed. They only, but they seem to always show up right when you smoke your own. And then the other one was uh, the experienced guys who want to do everything with weed. So it's like uh, that was uh, with um, uh, John Stewart was in there, and he was like trying to buy weed. He's like, "Hey man, have you ever looked at a dollar bill before?" Like, "Yeah, man." Have you ever looked at a dollar bill? High. It's like, uh, okay. And he's like, hey, check out my telescope. Have you ever looked at the stars before? Like, yeah, sure, they're out there. And he's like, have you ever looked at the stars? High. And that was the whole skit. It was like uh, John Stewart just kind of pointing things out. Like, have you ever done this? Have you ever done it high? And it was talking about how there's like different kind of stoners out there. And that's like, that's Half-Bake was all about that, was like pointing out different stoners of like, you got the cool ones that relax. You got the ones that get like the main characters all relax when they get stoned. Except for yeah. one main character that just gets really angry. He's like, he's not your typical stoner. When he gets high, he gets really angry and aggressive. And it's like, no, oh. he's the guy who's been drinking ahead of time and has got a bad crossfade going down. Yeah, well, it's just like that's how. It, well, it's right. It's writing. That's how it's written. So it over exaggerates certain. Uh, yeah, I, I wish we you if there was pictures to be seen right now, you guys could see the shirt I bought at a garage sale that I mean a garage sale thrift shop that has a picture of what looks like a hundred dollar bill, but it's done up in weed theme and it says in ganja we trust, um, and it's one eighth ounce instead of forty dollars. You could have you could you just said you bought that at, at uh, um oh what is it Spencer's there we go because <laughs> that's probably where it was originally bought with Spencer's. Yeah, but I got mine at Value Village for two ninety nine. I didn't pay thirty six bucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this turned out to be a much more lively subject than I was expecting. Uh, we we may need to revisit this sometime, but uh, let's just go around the table and just go and name one stoner flick or flick that uh, you think somebody would appreciate stoned uh, that you'd go and recommend to somebody. So, Cole, what's yours? Pick a destiny. Ah, good one, good one, Tyler. I guess I already said about mine, uh, which is, "Dude, where's your car?" Or, "Dude, where, yeah, dude, where's your car?" My car. Yeah. I'm just going to stick with Grandma's boy because that's the one that when people ask me, I rough up my head. It's, it's the one I've seen probably nine times and still wouldn't mind watching it again. I'd say that one's. I, I I'm tied between those two, uh, Grandma's mm. boy and Dude, where's my car? Mm. And I'm going to say Black Sheep since Grandma's Boy was taken. So, okay, moving on. Tyler, where's oh. the zombie at? Okay. No, they're stoned. They're <laughs> not moving. Maybe the, no, I can't say they're dead because they are dead. Well, they are dead. But they're like double dead. Like, damn. They're slow to begin with. But when you got them stoned, they're just, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. No, screw it. I'm gonna stay there. I've got a recording. I'm gonna pull up this boombox, pop it down. Who gave the weed? Who gave... There's a void. Things just appear here. Yeah. I guess we got in the shop now. Oh, uh, did, did we get the license? I. Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Are we not in international waters or something? Like, how do you, how do you point out where? where if our... anything, we're in international space. Yeah. We're international no cyberspace, the most controversial space that exists in humanity to this day. There is no laws here, so there you go. That's the scariest part. And everyone okay. thinks there is, and they can enforce their own laws. That's the biggest wait, wait, problem. Wait. You're saying that I could kill Cole right now, and there wouldn't be any legal consequences? No. And I'm gone. 
Okay. Wait, go anyway. back. Go back Everyone. in the hot tub. Everyone, shut up. Shut up and listen. I'm just going to play the recording that I've got. Ah, it's time for Tyler's Anime Corner. Now, in Tyler's Anime Corner, once a week, I, Tyler, ask a question about anime. And my friends come up with anime to fit that question. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's scary. Sometimes they're completely stoned. But what it always is, is very enlightening. This week's question is, what other ways do you show your appreciation for anime? Let's see what my friends came up with with this week's Tyler's Anime Corner. Okay. Are we stoned? Are you we stoned? We are not, but those zombies definitely are. They're, they're digging the air. <laughs> I, would, I would prefer to be a little more right now, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 well. Well. What oh, well. you dig in the ground? Well. Hole in the ground, exactly. Good job. Mm. Um, who wants to go first? I see no lists of anything. I feel like you guys don't know what you want. What do you guys want? What? How do you? How do you? How do you do this? Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna uh, ask. Let's, I'm gonna ask Rob to go first. Rob, ask me to go first. Okay. Gonna, okay. When was the last time you went first? It's been a long time. I. I'm honestly not even sure if I ever have gone first in the anime corner. This is uh, quite the honor. Yeah. Go. Go. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Um. This is kind of a tough one because it almost depends on the series. Um, I'll say with a lot of animes, if I really fall in love with it and it's lucky enough to go and get a U.S. dub or DVD release, well, number one, if it's something I really love and it gets a DVD release here, I will buy it because I want to have a physical copy of that media. Um, We've talked about how I'm constantly scared of things getting pulled off of Netflix or Hulu or any of that kind of stuff. Um, So that's one way I show my appreciation. But um, I don't know. This this is kind of tough here. I've done some role plays in the past. Um, Boy, about the biggest thing that I still do, because part of it is my anime viewing habits have changed a lot from where I used to be. Uh, If it's available with a multi-regional dub, um, I'll go and watch it in its original Japanese format. And if I liked it enough to give the English adaptation a try, I'll watch that again and just kind of rank them against each other. We've talked about uh, subs versus dubs before and how good dubs can really go and make something even better, you know, a la Space Dandy or something like that. Um, but it can also go and ruin a lot of series as well. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> stuff. Oh, yeah. We um, I think we all know how that kind of uh, has a tendency to work. Yeah. Well, it's that, that time's behind us. Yes. Yeah. Case, case in point, uh, why did Netflix make an original series with their name on it, but they didn't dub it? Original series? They basically took over the rights to a series and broadcast it through their system like they've done with several other animes, and this is the first one they've done where they didn't bother to translate it. Maybe they're just finding that people were watching them in Japanese and weren't even watching them with dubs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what what the is this series? I'm curious. It's a, it's a mecha series of some kind. It just got added like last week. Huh. 
it, it, it came out like last year. It looks relatively new. It's pretty sharp looking from what I could tell. I can't tell you. It won't be on ours. Rob, yeah. you have the greatest collection of signed guitars and cosplay weaponry of anyone I know, <laughs> besides John. And you have more signatures, though. Yeah, well, that's just because I go and hunt down voice actors or, you know, performers in the case of the guitars. I mean, I just hunt them down at these anime conventions and just go and say, dude, sign my shit. There's your, that's one of the ways I think of the way you appreciate anime is besides the standard stuff where most people buy the DVDs and stuff. You have a greater collection and understanding of the actual people behind it more than a lot of people I know. I guess you make a good point. I mean, I do have Johnny Young Bosch's signature on my uh, resin cast version of the uh, Trigun well, guns. And we also have it on the uh, Megazord mask because that's the, one of the beauties of small cons. You get to have drinks with voice actors when you help them carry their stuff. <laughs> was pretty awesome, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got all of uh, Soul Candy and um, Eyeshine signatures on my base. That's, uh, that, was, that was something there. Although that's... That's kind of anime related, but not really. Also, I, I, I guess you make a good point. That's um, that's definitely me in a nutshell. You like to get things signed, basically. Talk to voice actors and such. I I do, but I only really enjoy it in intimate settings because that's one of the things I will say. SakuraCon definitely doesn't do for me the way that some smaller conventions that I've been to uh, certainly have. Um, whether it was uh, KamoriCon or ChibiChibi or um, even AkiCon when we were still doing that all those years ago, it was a much more intimate setting and being able to just walk up to a voice actor between things when they're just hanging out in the lobby or something like that. That's a really fun experience and being able to uh, get to know these people one-on-one in a way beyond just, Hey, I really liked what you did with this character. Would you sign my stuff? Like that—that yeah. that doesn't do it for me. I—I want to have human experiences. I could care less about the signatures. It's more about getting to know these people. Um, well, because then when you hear their voice again as a character, you can see the real person and understand maybe where they correlated one from the other. And that's definitely something interesting, especially with Johnny Young Bosch having met him a couple of times. Um, he is one of the most fascinating people I have ever met, having gotten a chance to go and talk with him he's very humble he loves his fans and that's not to say you know um the other voice actors don't go and do that i'm not saying anything about anybody else with that statement but he was such an interesting one because he He was more human yeah well that's just it he's a very normal guy despite his prolific catalog of characters that he's played and all this big stuff that he's done um, him and Vic Mignana as well as another guy that if you get to talk to him one-on-one, it's, they're both pretty fascinating characters, you know, just as people by themselves. And Spike I've been Spencer's to, a real card, too. Oh, Spike Spencer's another good one. Um, I've had that experience with a lot of different YouTubers as well that I've ran across. And it's like, I, I, well, no, when I used to go to VidCon a couple of years ago, that was yeah. like, I, I'd run into like, I'm like, oh, hey, how's it going? And then I'd end up seeing the same person like three or four times and I end up having a long conversation with them. Yeah. And it's, it's just, not. it's always interesting. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, John could go and tell you guys. Um, I met Chuck Huber and Vic McDonough at the first AkiCon, which was basically just a glorified hallway with two guests that went and showed up for a couple of hours. And we ended up having like a 45-minute conversation with the two of them. We were just the last guys in line. And it's like, you guys want to just take this somewhere else and keep talking? And it's like, wow, I don't do idol worship. We've talked about that before. And Mm-hmm. that's the thing that's kind of different for me. I think with a lot of animes, especially with the English dubs, is that I think a lot of the voice actors just appreciate the fact that their names are known. And they want, they're they still able to be people. A lot of them don't become these you know celebrity mindsets. And you can still have a human conversation with them. And um, boy, this is actually a really good one. I'm glad this brought up. Um, that probably is my biggest way of going and... Uh, of showing uh, my appreciation for animes is um, wanting to get to know the people behind them better. Okay. Yeah, and I think that's something that a lot of people don't get that opportunity to do. I've only got that opportunity once or twice. Like, I mean, you say at AkiCon was a good, another good example. I mean, Spike Spencer, that's a, he, he's the guy who did Shinji, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, we ran into him. He was just finishing up a, a seminar or a panel he'd been doing on cooking. Mm-hmm. And I walked in, and he had half a bottle of wine sitting there, and he looks at me and goes, I can't walk out of this room with this. Will you help me finish it? So I sat there and talked to him for 15 or 20 minutes and sat there and got blasted on cheap-ass red wine with Spike Spencer. But by the time we were done, he was talking like Shinji. So funny. And I answered a question. He answered it as a different character every time. Hmm. That's crazy. It would be great to watch. So, I, uh, Rob, um, what, uh, Rob, what anime would you say is – the most uh, proliferative, like, makes you think about that. Oh, that's a really good one right there. Um, boy, I, I'd love to go and say, um, actually, you know what? No, no, I, I do know exactly which one. Um, cause in the case of, uh, Spike Spencer in particular, um, when we actually got a chance to meet him for the first time, um, which I think actually was our only time now that I'm thinking about it, um, I had just finished rewatching Martian successor Nadesco. He was also the main character in that one as well. And it, it was basically just Shinji's voice attached to a more um, confident character. But the inflection they put into his voice always uh, really brought the characters home, whether it was the introspective nature of Shinji or the more outgoing nature of, uh, God, why can I not remember the guy's name from uh, Nadesco? Um, it, it doesn't really matter, though, because talking to him, you understood where a lot of that uh, ability to go and uh, – uh, you understood where he was able to go and come up with – the power behind his voice, each one of the inflections he was putting out with stuff and just some of the incidental things that he would go and say, whether it was the screams or the groans and all that stuff. We heard the full range of what he does just in regular conversation. And it's interesting seeing on how the man is different from the character, uh, but also on where you can go and see some natural tones that come out of it. So, yeah, I'd say Martian Successor Nadesco. That's probably the strongest one I can think of. I'd love to say something with Johnny on Bosch, but I, I still always go and think Black Power Ranger. <laughs> hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, to most people, he's Ichigo. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Different generation. Yep. 
Okay. Well, I'm going to, well, that's your story. Then I'll move it on to Cole next. Okay. Um, let's do. I Cole, Cole. Moving on. What? what? <laughs> moving on. Next, me. Appreciation okay. no. for anime. For, for me, I don't know. It's one of those things that, like, like, like we've all know, is that I, my catalog of anime is a lot smaller than everybody else's. But I don't know. For me, other ways that I show appreciation for it. I don't know. It, it, it's, I think it's just the re, just rewatching and keeping that, keeping just, just, I don't know, just making sure you know it. Keeping that culture alive in your system. Yeah, I mean, heck, exactly. you've been, and you've been part of the cosplay group. I mean, I'd say that's your cue there. I mean, you, I mean, uh, you seem like you've really taken to it. I remember that first year we all did a good job, but I felt like it was shaky. But by the third year, it was organic. We we all knew what each of our characters did in any given circumstance, no matter what was thrown at us for that year. We knew what we had to do for yeah. for Power Rangers. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. But so you're... I, it just kind of knowing if it's an anime that I love or a show that I love, it's, it's like investing in, in the fandom itself. Yeah, investing knowingly into it so that you're able to help spread that to someone else. Hmm. And like being like being able to tell someone about your anime, the anime that you enjoy, and be able to explain it to them in such a way that they'll want to go watch it as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I think that, and I think that's my main appreciation for it is 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 exposing it to somebody else. You said you that that like the disease. Spreading the word, so to speak. Yeah. So okay. somebody else so they can enjoy it as well. What uh, what kind of anime would you say comes to mind when you think about that? Oh, jeez. Like, if you met someone and said, okay, and they asked you, hey, tell me a good anime, what, which one would you instantly go for that you want to talk about with them? And tell well, them considering, go- well, considering the second season is currently airing, uh, Food Wars. There you go. Food Wars season two. Mm-hmm. Really good yeah. so far. It has been. It's been crazy. Shit, they they went full JoJo's Bizarre Adventure already. Oh, I've heard of that. I've heard, I've heard of both of those, and I need to get into more into both of those. Did you see how in that last episode they made his shirt come off? He forced the shirt off. Yeah, yeah. It's just off. It's like, how dare you make me go? How dare you force me to go bare chested? they're fighting yeah so that was good i like that okay so you're you'll talk about that i can't one. I, can't, I can't wait to see what the per, the what to see what the brush writes next week or Ooh. on saturday yeah hmm well i'm going to talk about mine now then uh okay i guess i have to say a lot of i just kind of get little memory i don't buy memorabilia too often um but like, what I'll do is I'll start doing artsy stuff. Uh, so I'll start painting things, or or when I was doing, it, I was lasering stuff on stuff, and I just I'll start drawing things from certain animes or such like that. Uh, so I'd have to say the two I've got is probably Gurren Logan and Full Metal Alchemist. Good choices. Good choices. Because those are the only two that I've actually started, like, I would 
take aspects from or like things from the show and then start putting them on stuff I wear. So like, um, I have a messenger bag with the um, uh, Alchemist logo on it. Then I've got a tattoo with the uh, Homunculus logo on it. Um, so that's like my Full Metal Alchemist stuff. Um, to, so it's the point where I've got a tattoo of it on my body. Um, there, I guess I also got Digimon on my body too. I got a Digimon tattoo. I want to uh, get a Stargate tattoo. So that's that's the thing I like is like I'll I'll get tattoos of animes I really like or or things from them, um, or what else is I did some paintings of like logos from like Gurren Logan like Gurren Logan logo like the skull with the uh, pointy anime glasses I've got I've got a pair of those pointy anime glasses just because I wanted them because they look cool, uh, but then they became such a trope of being just pointy anime glasses is that's just what they are I guess it was also from Pokemon had those as well. But yeah, um, I'd say your keyblades are a good example as well. Yeah, well, those aren't those aren't really anime. Those are. Yeah, those it's part of. That's a video, video game. game. Yeah, it's close enough to the culture. It's, it, 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 well, it, it, that's the thing. It's like this is that that's the, the whole podcast is about that is the culture. So yeah. I like to keep this in very distinct, straight to yeah. anime related stuff because shit, I got yeah. a lot of shirts of just. Kingdom Hearts stuff and Heartless things and 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 uh, Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts is just my bread and butter. But like I've got a lot of like for animes. Like wow, I, I don't even really have any anime swords or anything like that. I haven't really made anything like that. Or what do I cosplay? Cosplay is a good way of example. That's that kind of that's a given though. Is like animes you really like, you just cosplay from it. Like I, I don't know. I see a lot of people. They like to. Do, I see a lot of people just like to do simple cosplays from animes, and I don't know if it's a com- character that they really go after or want to cosplay, or if it's just like they cosplay it because it's an easy cosplay to throw together quickly. Because I see that a lot. Where I'm looking at it, I'm like, that's a really easy cosplay to do. I don't know if it's because they like that character or just because they can throw the costume together pretty quickly and then just have another cosplay costume. Are they wearing it for the popularity or of it, or are they wearing it because they truly appreciate, love that character, and want to immerse themselves in what it, what is that character? Yeah, but normally characters that are easy to cosplay are, are normally pretty obscure. So I just don't know. I don't know. That, that's that's a whole nother kettle of fish. So I'm going to say it's yeah. to Gurren Logan because Gurren Logan I used to do a lot of lasering with that that logo a lot and I, I really like that logo i wanted to do some more stuff with that and draw it and paint it and make some art out of it but i never actually really got around to doing that so yeah uh, i like i like i like animes that got very clear thing um uh things in them that have like logos or such that i can really grab onto and paint and do stuff with uh and and Art designs that are contextual in the real world. Yeah, yeah. So things, yeah, it's just, but it's always things that have logos. Things that have logos. So like uh, the Final Fantasy, uh, the corporation, the uh, uh, their logo. The, is tri- really, the, the Zelda logo, one of the most famous logos you see everywhere anymore. I've got, I've got a wall painting of that one too. So. I can't, I, 
I don't go on a drive and not see a car with at least one sticker every day. Yeah, because I got the Hyrule Crest that I painted. Like, I painted it, I basically did a coal, uh, layer of gold on there, and then I masked off the Hyrule logo, and then I painted black over top, and then I pulled off the masking tape. So it you had like a, it looked like I just, uh, like a very rough black on gold, but then it's got the very crisp logo right in the center, so the gold's underneath, and then you see the, uh, it basically looks like it's, I like I cut out the black to the gold underneath the way it kind of looks. Cause you see that it's, you see that the black is layered over the gold. And so then at the very center where it's actually masked. And then I took off that you see that the gold is very sharp. So the logo is in gold and it looks really nice. And I've always had compliments on it. And so yeah, it's just like, I like, I like to draw things and I like to create things. So when it's any anime that has that, that I can kind of draw and do any graphic design with a logo of theirs and, that's kind of how I appreciate it. And then I'll, uh, if I had my silk screening back up, I could throw that stuff on a shirt because I like doing that. I used to do that a little bit or paint it on a wall or laser it into a piece of metal or tattoo it on my body. So I guess I appreciate, that's how I appreciate anime is by being able to draw it and throw it onto another art form. So, yeah. That's that's an interesting. I never really thought about that before, but yeah, mm, makes sense. Any, any anyone have any other opinions on that? No. Well, uh, as I said, it's just cont- it's looking at something in an anime and seeing it as something you can contextualize and utilize in your everyday life as either artwork or just it's just something that you can take from that and always know that that is part of that anime, but it's still also part of the real world. Yeah, yeah. That's why people always ask me about my tattoos too. I'm like, well, this is from an anime. This is from an anime. This well, my dog, my dog's named after Marin from Dragon Ball Z, Krillin's daughter. Classic example right there. Yeah, that's the big thing is like naming pets after anime characters and such. So, yeah. Uh, well, what about you, uh, DJ? What, what what's well, your big thing? Well, I I guess uh, the the normal Colonel Stones. I mean, I. A lot of people like the DVDs. Call, call me lazy, call me cheap, call me what you will, but I usually prefer to get most of my recorded stuff. Either I borrow it from a friend, go online, or get it through a streaming service. I generally, I've, it takes a lot to convince me to buy a DVD set. Yeah. It has to be, just because they're so grossly overpriced for how easy it is. It's like you go spend 60 bucks, then you pop on YouTube. Oh, it's right there. Why did I even bother doing that? Yeah. And there's so much anime. Even though that you know, you know, and you know so you're streaming. And you're, you know it's you're trying to help the person make money off of it, but at the same time, it's like what's realistically easier is what you're going to do. Yeah, yeah. So in, go, anymore, go, just like go get Crunchyroll and just watch it on Crunchyroll. Get a subscription because yeah. yeah, you can pay. That's like paying nothing, and then you can stream yeah. it for nothing. And then yeah, exactly like Hulu or Netflix. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Or so, but, uh, and that means the creators are also getting money because they're yeah. getting licensed to have that on there so yeah that's how i've been trying to do it more now as i've been trying to stick to places like that so then that way at least i know something is going back to them. maybe not as much as they'd like but it's better than buying a big serious box set like i just did that again this year and only one of the box sets i bought did i really feel like was worth the money yeah. not to mention i'm uh, i'm notorious for crashing series i'm very impatient i don't like to sit there and draw a 50 episode a series out for a month i watched soul eater in three days it was 52 episodes yeah, watch. that's how you do it. <laughs> that's how <laughs> I do it. I prefer it that way most of the time because if I try to space it out too much, I tend to forget things. But I, but um, I'd say like I have 
I've nowadays I've streamed down. Well, there's a lot of stuff you can collect, but I've streamed down. I downloaded like if I really like a series, especially if it's a, it got a female character in it. I found I like the, I, I'm a big fig, I've gotten to be a pretty serious figurine guy over the last few years. I've got several Yoko figures. I've got one that's a custom figure you cannot find anywhere that was custom built by a guy. It's actually a cross of two different characters turned into an actual single character. And then I've got wall scrolls. Um, one of the, uh, but I think the biggest way I've done it in the last five years is, for me, it has been through cosplay. If you look at, if you were to look at my original character I've designed, it's obviously you look at it and you look at it and you'll go, "Are you no?" But I use aspects from several different things. Like my character may be dressed in more of a garb that appears to be post-apocalyptic or almost medieval, but yet the shapes of my armor and stuff might hint towards. Say, say in armor from Dragon Ball Z, my jacket is designed after something from Mad Max. My boots look like something from Warhammer. My weaponry looks like something from uh, Gears of War. Um, I take all different aspects of the general Okoyu slash anime fandoms, and I kind of try to utilize those things that people know and respect, but put them into a new way that makes people question what they are and want to see more of it or what it is. To be able to, so I don't just look like the same old thing day to day, because there's so much repeat repeat stuff i mean there's years rob can attest to this i mean you guys have been going to conventions for rob but rob can say the worst year ever was when naruto first came out dear god when naruto and bleach came out we thought i thought we were up to our elbows in sasuke's and naruto's and shikigami from bleach like you wouldn't believe and it was like nothing else well that's how it always is though it's like you have that and then it it just it gets taken over by another fandom that gets really popular like there's but a whole can, bunch of Deadpool's at one time, and then there's uh, yeah. I don't know if we're going to be really popular now. You're going to start seeing more uh, Undertale a lot more. Oh, um, this last year was a good example of that. I was yeah. shocked. Hey, I, I heard I heard about the like three days before the con. Show up at the con. There's like 70 people dressed up like, and I had to go ask my brother after the con. Like, explain this to me. Show me a demo. What the heck is going on? Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess it's for me. It's Finding ways to live it as much as possible, but yet retain certain parts of it to be able to show off and expand and help get others interested into it. So it's kind of a combination of a lot of what all of us do. Like I enjoy the, I really enjoy the fact of trying to get to know the voice actors. It's hard to do in the big conventions. And as Rob said, that's the biggest thing that that's the biggest pitfall of SoccerCon is I wish it had the more personal personal time it had that the other cons had with the uh, with the guests. Because that is just too cool to be able to sit there and talk to them like they're a real person rather than, as you said, just walk up, hey, your stuff was cool, can I have your autograph, and then leave. That's just not personal. It's just you feel like you didn't even get to know the person. It's like what, 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 what makes this person fit to play that character? And sometimes after you meet the voice actor, you go, that's why they chose that guy. Well, that's why they have or, panels too. Like you, if yeah. you go to the panels with those characters, then they get to talk and get questions asked. And Yeah, but it's even funner when you're not having a panel and it's just literally one on one like a real person. And there's you know, there's nothing to doing. You see being a person just like Rob said, the other guy, like, as I said, how Spike Spencer offered me to drink a bottle of wine with him. I mean, how often are you getting that opportunity? Yeah, that is that is more fun. But yeah, Yeah. that's that's the thing is that opportunity doesn't come up very often. Like that's that's a diamond rough kind of thing. So, you know, well, it's just one of those things. If you ever get the opportunity to talk to a voice actor outside of context and they want to be part of it. Don't let it slip through your fingers. Yeah, yeah. Talk with them. Enjoy their conversations. Ask them questions. Totally. So, well, I don't know. So, what, what, what anime would you come up with that would fit those criteria? What, what makes you think about when you? Well, do that? well, if I'm, tr- if I'm, uh, for me, it's like you can always throw an obvious one like 
Dragon Ball Z and stuff. But I think Cowboy Bebop is one of the ones that I like to throw out there because it has really well-known characters. But it's but the way it's written and it's structured, it's like a really high-quality cinema movie production. And people can follow it. And it's not so grotesquely long that someone's not going to have to sit down and spend three months of their life to watch it. Yeah, yeah. It's and in the movies made with it, and it's so clean and well produced. There's stuff to this day that isn't even nearly as good as it is as perhaps when it was. And especially for dubs, people who don't want to read subtitles or have trouble with it, my only fight with with subtitles is the fact that because I'm autistic, I can't read and watch at the same time. It's like asking my computer server to do too many complex taxes at the same time. I can only do one and absorb one or the other. I can't do both at the same time. It's very difficult. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, well, that, that like like I said, very enlightening. That's the interesting how to think about like how other ways you appreciate anime and like what what it makes you think about and what you want to do with that. Because yeah, yeah it, it's more than just one point to say, hey, I watch a bunch of anime and make you think about it. But it's always a lot of people who watch anime. Well, they watch it for a reason, and they watch a lot of. They don't just kind of watch one. They watch more than one, unless you're cold, I guess. But or what? Even, even he gets excited. So, oh yeah, but, totally. But I mean, like some of the in some of the way they write characters, like some of the things they say in really like depressing or down situations. There's some things that, like sometimes I've been really pissed off or down or something, and I go, "What did such and such say in such and such a situation?" Well, that was not real life, but thinking of my situation, that's the it's the same kind of depressing situation. It's just not fighting an overlord boss that's going to kill you. It's this bad thing in your real life, but it's just so overwhelming. But this, he said this that helped him overcome it. And I'll remember things like that. And that has helped me push through things that otherwise I probably may not have had the mental willpower to do so. Hmm. Okay. Well, on that note though, uh, I would like to round off this corner then, uh, round off this corner. I like that. Oh, I gotta say that more often. Uh, but yeah. It's funny because you're a prop maker. <laughs> Sand it down with some 20 grit. 20 grit. Oh, that is rough. How would you? Oh, no. <laughs> 20 is what you call a paint stripping flail. Yeah, that's just great. <laughs> that's a rasp, if anything. Even blacksmith started 80 grit. <laughs> yeah, well, because that's. That's uh that's something completely different. That's trying to that's that's a rasp coal. That's like trying to yeah. get it as material away as possible. You could you get the same effect with just cutting it off on a bandsaw. Like <laughs> anyway. Um It's the it's the it's the uh never mind. Yeah. Never mind, never mind. That's the end of this corner. Uh that means we're moving on to the next section, which is our outro. Okay. Cole, read out our outro. We're done. Wait, wait, hey! Oh, wait, no, you gotta transform still. That's yeah, funny. I have to turn into a table. <clears throat> Do it right now. Wow, that was. Ah. Yeah. You just like. Oh, oh God, oh. horrifying. Oh, God. Okay, for I, some reason, I'm, in, I'm a coffee table. Ugh. Oh, oh, God, look at that poor lacquer finish. I know. Ugh. So scratched. Ugh. It's like no one ever used the coaster on it. I think it's I'm so it's so uneven. There's all these bumps. What's this little lumpy thing in the middle? We need to take this Don't out. Don't touch that. Do not yeah, touch that. That needs to be stripped. Stripped. Put some like uh, linseed oil on that. Oof. No, no. Just lay down some gorilla tape and take off these stupid hairy things stuck all over it. Ow. 
anyways, moving on. The only thing I wanted to really talk about this week was uh, Nintendo's big announcement. Do we not have an intro? Oh yeah, we do have an announce. We do have an intro. Hold on. Okay, fine. Hey, do you like video games, board games, role-playing games, or just literally any kind of game you can think of? Well, welcome to the gaming table, where we're going to talk about all those things and more, ranging from top- topics such as new releases, current events, social trends, and old favorites. So if any of that interests you, then let's see what you bring to the table. Okay. Nintendo's big announcement. Or should we say little announcement? Little announcement, yes. With a big impact. Yes, indeed. So, um, I can't remember exactly when they released this. I think it was yesterday when they were talking, when they first started, when they announced it. Was it yesterday or was it Tuesday? Well, hold on. I'm looking this up here. I think they actually announced it yesterday in Japan. So it was like midnight on Tuesday for us. Okay. But well, yeah, what we're talking about is the mini collector's edition NES returning to stores. Well, the NES has been, is being returned to stores, as it were. Yes. Yeah. Near identical mini replica, as they like to put it. So, like, the big old gray thing with the green screen is coming back in a smaller package. No. Think of the Game Boy. Think of the Game Boy. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, we're talking about the original Nintendo Entertainment System. Oh, the no, sorry. The gray gray box with the flippy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, the Duck Hunt system. Yes, Yes. the Duck Hunt system. That's Um, what I used to call it was the Duck Hunt machine because my neighbor had one and I didn't know what it was called, so I called it the Duck Hunt machine. And the best thing about it is this: instead of coming in with the original color code, they're coming in with uh, direct uh, HDMI interfacing. Well, yeah, isn't the front uh, ports like Wii U ports or something? Or I don't even know. I can't, I'm looking at them right now, and I would assume probably, but because they're not USB, they're no. But on HDMI is on the back. I know that. Yeah. It'll probably uh, be adaptable for, like, GameCube controllers, I'll bet. Maybe. Uh, I don't not, think so, because GameCube's around. Oh, it comes with the classic NES Classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the port itself. What does the port look like? The system comes back with, with an HDMI cable, an AC adapter, and one NES Classic controller, which is patterned after the iconic design of the original. And, of course, they also comes with 30 original games. Wow. What's it going to cost and, us? Um, doesn't quite say yet. No, I'm looking at that port right now that is totally like the uh, Wii U port. Is that what that is? Okay. Yeah, because I'm looking at the I'm looking at a picture of it, and that's that's the kind of port you have like on the bottom of a Wii remote. Okay. So I probably, yeah. Uh, let's see. The new controller will also connect to Wii remotes, so that you can play oh, using okay. the virtual controller game. There on you the Wii go. Wii wow. Uh, these are the games that have come that come with it. Balloon Fight, Bubble Bobble, Castlevania, Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Double Dragon 2, Dr. Mario, Excite Bike. I'm happy about that one right there. Yeah. Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Oh, Kirby's uh, Adventure. Got, uh, Galaga, Ghosts and Goblins. Uh, hold on. Ghosts and, Go- Ghosts and Goblins, Gratis, Ice Climber. We have some, we know someone who would be very mad about ice climbers. 
Kid Icarus. Kirby's Adventure. Mario uh, Brothers. Mega Man 2. Mm-hmm, Mega Man 2. Metroid. Ninja, Ninja Gaiden. Gaiden. Pac-Man. Punch-Out. Star Tropics. Tropics? I don't recognize that one. Yeah, that's a new one to me. Oh, Super C. Mario then, Bros. 1, 2, and 3. Super Mario Bros. 1, 2, 3, yep. Temco Bowl, The Legend of Zelda, the original, and, and Zelda 2, The Adventures of Link. Oh, awesome. They haven't re-released that game in a long time. Mm-hmm. The nice... A little bit of everything for everyone, as they like to put it. Oh, here we go. Uh, controller will be sold separately. Retail price of nine ninety nine. Wow! To buy a that, second controller, to buy a second controller. That's going to be the cheapest factory controller ever. That actually like probably is, which is really depressing. <laughs> we'll just see how long they hold up. They actually hold yeah. up like who knows if they hold up like the old ones. I have a friend of mine who has had his system forever and a day, and the remote still works. But the, Systems pretty much had it. I really wonder, like, is this just like a Raspberry then? Like a Raspberry computer? That's just an emulator? Is that all this is? Maybe. Because, like, it literally just fits in the palm of your hand, this thing. Wow, it's that small? Yeah. Oh, geez. That's like the, the like the, that's the size. That, that, people are going to be plugging those into their fancy cars. Talk about something for the limousine. Like, I'm looking at it, and it looks like it's about... Maybe five to six inches wide. Yeah, how about that? Let's say five to six. The bottom of this article it says, "Please only call if you indeed injured a time machine." The game council program no longer exists in 2016. No, no, that looks really neat. Um, I don't know. You have to admit, though, that's very nicely travel sized. Oh yeah. Well, like, like we could take that to con. Like those things are, <laughs> it's like like it doesn't take any data. Like like the way those games are, how what you can run them on. You can I can literally put all those games on my phone, and run an emulator off my phone, and then they're there. Mm-hmm. So this like uh, what they have for Raspberry computers, which is a Raspberry computer, which is just like a circuit board about the size of your palm that you can use basic computer functions on it. Where it basically people use it as media media computers, so they basically they put an operating system on it, a very basic operating system, and then they can put on emulators or movies and just that's what it does. And then they just have to have in and out ports for for uh, for to uh, do stuff on it. And it's like computers nowadays are very you can make them very basic and basically do whatever you want and so like nintendo games which just don't take up any space nowadays on our well in relations to what things are nowadays they they take up nothing you don't need a whole cartridge to uh play a game it's just like uh like maybe one one megabyte worth of data or there's less. a reason why like i remember back in the last uh like just kind of jumping forward in in timelines like discs nowadays like the way the games have gone so far is that not games can't fit on one disc anymore. Yeah, it's all going to be downloaded. Everything we're going to be downloading Which, everything. Pretty much, amazing, we're going to be yeah. have hard drives full of stuff. We won't have stacks of games, stacks of information. Don't they just have these giant hard drives sitting around with huge yeah. amounts of information on them? That's just the thing, though, is that because that 
the games nowadays are too big, and they were what, they started what game with multiple that didn't fit on the disc. On one disc? Yeah. Um, let's see. La Noir was two discs. Was it two discs? Mm-hmm. Oh, they weren't they weren't doing Blu-ray or they were just doing regular CD. Yeah, that was that was yeah. still DVD back then. But yeah, um, I mean, but you but th- that's the example I'm using here is that well, they they're going to run out of they're going to run out of Blu-ray space pretty soon. I don't and know. Then, but Actually, but now but now they're what they're doing is that almost every single game that I've seen for the Xbox One, for example, is one disc. And even if you if you buy it if you buy it in hard copy, you still you're still downloading a good portion of the game from the servers. Well, no, that's, yeah, that's that's a little bit different. Uh, so that has to go with their whole aspect of how they wanted to do it, where um, they wanted everything just to be downloaded with DRM the way Steam does it. But then people got all mad. And so then they still sell hard copies. So they basically, you can still have discs, but they literally don't, it's not, it's not because it doesn't fit on the disc. It's that they just decided not to put everything on the disc. And so the disc is really literally just a key that you just throw in there. That's, that's, that's not sizes. That's completely different. Uh, But in any case, yeah, part of that though, is a whole nother issue as well, that a lot of uh, game companies are, uh, they're starting to go and use to their advantage as well. Um, being able to go and start producing unfinished games and then going and basically patching them to make them work. Look at uh, a couple of years ago, you had Halo, the Master Chief Collection come out, and that was released on a dual-layer Blu-ray, which should have been a you know around 50 gigabyte capacity readable disc. The actual data on the disc was only somewhere around 25 gigabytes, but there was a 22 gigabyte patch that was released afterwards because the game was so far fractured and unfinished before it actually got released, but they wanted to start producing extra units to go and have them ready for market uh, ahead of the holiday rush when they released it. Yeah. So you're starting to go and see a lot of that stuff being done as well, where they're not even going and filling up the entirety of the discs. But to your point, Cole, there is a bit of an issue that goes on with this because look at the PlayStation three with Metal Gear solid four. Yeah. That's an interesting one because they didn't really have an interest in going and releasing an Xbox version of that game for a number of reasons. But one of the biggest ones was they were uh, maxing out the size of the disc itself uncompressed. That game is over 70 gigabytes. So larger than the dual, uh, dual layer Blu-ray than they, uh, that they actually released it on. Mm-hmm. They actually had to compress each one of the chapters on there and actually had to go and write large sections of it onto the system's hard drive in order to be able to go and play it. So it's a potential reality, but unfortunately, a lot of games are also being made shorter or to a lower technical standard than what the machines are capable of as well. I think partially for programming reasons, because it is getting harder to program this stuff now than it used to be. And also just because they want to go and release a game and make a lot of money as quickly as possible. And, you know, the years of development it takes to produce something like a Final Fantasy you have to have a really well-established brand to be able to put that much content out at all at one time and a publisher that's willing to let you take that kind of time. Definitely. Yeah. Well, speaking of the uh, little the little Nintendo again, I was just looking at some other stuff on here. It looks like it's gonna, just the system alone is going to be six, 60 bucks. Wow, that's the cheapest system I could ever – I mean, I'll, I will – I mean, if this thing – when this thing comes out, I might actually buy one because those are the kind of games I enjoy. Simplistic, fairly easy games, but serious gamers can still get into them if they want to. Yeah. Here's my thing, though. Is it just going to be able to play only the thirty games? Probably. Yeah, that's yeah. I because think. if you kind of, if you kind of look at the picture, 
it looks like it opens up wide enough that it, it might it, that you might be able to slip one of the older discs in. But no, what? No, 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 no it's no, solid. It, yeah, it's just, it, no that it's made to look like it lifts up, but I doubt that. Oh, uh, it's got yeah. the little lip, like it looks like it should, like even a little place where your finger would grip it. But I doubt that it does at that size. If it does, oh, it's probably not for those things. I'll bet you it has like reset mode and all the other buttons inside there, not actual place for a game disc but even still for 30 bucks get that many games and everything else that'd keep me busy for years yeah no i think no that, that's just a uh that case kind of, is just fully looking to what it looks like so that's that's what the original nest looked like so that's what the case looks like wait yeah, that's what I i'm thought. looking at it and that flap is not yeah i just took a, i just blew up the picture and i took a, yeah. a deep look at it and yeah it's literally just plasticed in solid so. it's, yeah it's vacuum formed so I can By the way, can like I just this. say, I'm very impressed with that, how you're able to go and tap on that keyboard with those large table legs, Cole. It's a very impressive art you've uh, accomplished there. Yeah, um, it's magic. <laughs> <laughs> no, he just convinced the witch from uh, Beauty of the Beast to turn it back proud. to normal. Professor McGonagall <laughs> would be proud. Yes, indeed. So, yeah. But yeah, which just sucks, because Duck Hunter was awesome. Yeah. Ah, yeah, but you can't play with it. Part of the problem with that, though, is the televisions today don't go and work with the light gun. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, they have laser adaption for stuff like that. Now they got better versions of it. I don't even know how that works. It was going and work. It was working off of the CRT monitor when it was doing the interlacing on the ca- or, uh, on the screen. There's basically a little lens on the inside that would go and watch for the interfacing lines to go and match up with uh, what was going on on the screen. And it would go and read off of that. It wasn't actually picking up off of an image. It wasn't like there was an actual camera on the inside of it. Yeah. The problem since, is now. Yeah. Uh, like since how LEDs work, it, it basically makes the whole screen just that. Like, it, yeah, it understands it as uh like on the way computer understands on and off like one and two uh zeros and ones uh but in that aspect it was basically either it's on or it's off so it'd be white or it'd be black yeah uh, but the way it reads leds because leds are all just on it would just register the whole new screens nowadays as just being on so it wouldn't it wouldn't have any contrast it can't understand where everything else is so Basically, what would happen is if you took if you aimed off the screen, then aimed on, then it would shoot, but then it would just understand that you're pointing at everything and then just not register. So it gets really glitchy that way. So one thing that I just thought of that would be kind of cool would be that, like I just kind of I'm equating the Duck Hunter to Fruit Ninja right now. Hmm? You, yeah. you know what? What? what yeah. Like. It would be interesting though if if that if they could like emulate that onto like like I don't know even you just emulate that onto um, I guess you could emulate that into the Wii U system but well yeah I think there actually is a version on the Wii U oh yeah because you're just you're just pointing at it with your like the remote and you just shoot it we would yeah. not be on at all um, so it's got to be on there already uh, I would probably not- is. Um, but yeah, but yeah, that's it. I can finally un be- stop becoming a table. Hey, hold on a second here. I gotta go and sand something out here. Ah! Oh, I just want to make a comment about big CDs though. Is that it is literally only like Japanese 
games that seem to be the ones that fill up the discs. Because, like, when I think about discs that needed double play, it was, like, it was games like Final Fantasy VII, uh, I guess Metal Gear Solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are this? I played Grim Fandango, which is not a it's not a Japanese game, but it was also in the '90s, and that was basic compact disc. So mm-hmm. what happens is they fill up the disc, and then like the technology gets more advanced, or they have more room on it. So I think Star that's kind of what happened. Is the installation used to be five discs? Which one? Uh. Oh, somebody's breathing into their mic there. Oh, sorry, it's probably me. Yeah, sorry about that. Is that better? Yeah. Yeah, like, but that was KOTOR for PC, though, so. Yeah, I mean, that that was much more common with PC games, but that's just because a lot of that stuff had so much more content than what a single DVD could go and carry. And a lot of times the PC manufacturers, the game uh, developers, they wouldn't even do like dual layer DVDs because it was so much less expensive just to pump out uh, seven gigabyte single layer DVDs and just go and throw that through. Well, that's a different era completely because there was no cross platform for a PC to console. You either, yeah. if you had a console game, it was only on console. Like that was, oh, this is, that's probably even around when it wasn't even cross console games. Like yeah. shit, I remember you wanted this game, it was only on this console. That's it. And then Tony Hawk came out and changed that. And then it was Halo, I believe, that kind of changed it when it went from a console to a PC. Mm-hmm. So those are your big titles that started doing the cross-content stuff. So anything before those, like anything before Tony Hawk was always just kind of like, uh, exclu- like we say console exclusives now, but that's how it always was. There was no cross-platform game. Um, I guess there was GoldenEye. GoldenEye no, GoldenEye was on there. No, Tony Hawk. That's all I can think of is Tony Hawk. Because Tony Hawk was on N64 and PS1. And goddamn, there's a difference between the two games. I remember. Oh, very much so. Because I had it on PS1, and then Mm. I played it on N64 on my friend. Yeah, you probably played it at my house. No, you never had Tony Hawk. I rented it every once in a while for parties. Well, Tony Hawk Pro Skater was one of the first games I ever got for Christmas, but the game I probably spent the most time into was probably the first first, uh, Spyro and the second Crash Bandicoot. I think I've played both of that and uh, Super Smash Brothers Melee lives in my GameCube, and when somebody comes over, my friends come over, what do we do? We get drunk and we play Super Smash Brothers, but we all want to do something together. (laughs) Never let Dane near your place. Oh, uh, no. You just all gang up on Dane. That's that's the trick there. Is it's well, like, it will not help. We'll see the, see the, we'll see the way I we play it. We don't use items. Mm. Ever. It's more fun without them because then you have the true skill of the player because because when somebody gets a hammer, it's just unfair. Well, that's the league play. That's what it is. No, I love items. I think items are a great thing because what happens with items is because like when you have that where it's all skill, there's someone who's always better. And then we end up getting get a point. game. And then you, you do have a point. You do have a point. One there. person, the one friend that always wins, and then you basically you can stack after that. After like one to three games, you know what the the leadings are, and then it's always going to be that no matter what. And then maybe the bottom three will kind of turn around a little bit. Maybe the uh, second and third will switch around. You, go, you have a point, but see, I, I play with items, and as long as my brother or my friend Curtis is playing, it doesn't matter if we have items on or off. They're going to be they're going to be the top two, and there's just no questions about that. Everyone else is just that much lower. Because like that's how tournament play is for 
Smash is like no items, no area effects. It's all just straight skill. Uh, so then when you play someone who's tournament and you throw on items and they normally don't, they're not used to it. So it actually kind of levels the playing field for everything. So because an item goes down, shit goes right. If someone gets a hammer that normally wouldn't get a hammer or is normally not very good, then it really evens the playing field because it makes it way more random. Um, and so then whoever wins is not as, I guess it's not as skill-based. It's a lot more luck-based. Yeah, I, I understand. See, I've, I've, I've seen it both ways where sometimes it seems like it's more luck-based, sometimes it's not. But to me, it's like I always know that I'm not going to be the top player in the room, but sometimes when you don't have items, it's fun to be able to catch people off guard that don't think you're skilled and then be able to do something that they don't expect you to do. Yeah, yeah. Like, no. like he, he, or like, like some, like my friend Curtis. He'll be playing against my, my, me, my brother, and a friend of mine, and one of my other friends will die, and then he'll start going after my brother, but he will completely forget about me until all of a sudden I'm killing him like crazy because he totally disregarded me. Yeah, no, I guess I've, I've played enough Smash with all my friends, and like it's a game we go to that we all yeah. know where our standings are with each other, like who could be who. So it's not really. Unless someone went home and practiced Smash and just got really good at it, but like, yeah, I, I can agree with you there. But sometimes it just—I know it's going to be that way, and it doesn't matter to me because we just have fun with it anyway. Because like yeah. the other day, the other the other day I played, my brother won almost every round, but I had more KOs than anyone by almost ten. <laughs> so like, I don't—I I like that it adds extra elements to it. So like, if you're playing like uh, if you're playing on Wii, um, then you can. It's, it's like always when those parts go down, it's a mad dash for the parts for the dragoon, and then that flies through. Or it's like Pokeballs. It's like oh, well, I guess it, you always play with Pokeballs because you, you run up there, and we've got a meme now where we're going where it's like, Pokeballs win battles. And so it's always a mad dash to this certain item that is really good. And so it, it really changes up the play instead of just kind of like thinking and fighting, then it's like something pops mm -hmm. down, and then... I guess it's just the way my brother always played it, so I got used to that's how it was. And when I play with items, I'm not used to playing with them enough, mm. so I'm not proficient with them. So I'm more used to not having them yeah. and having to rely on the fact that I understand or analyzing a person's skill, not their luck in what they draw on the items. I start to understand how they play. Then maybe mm. if they draw in items, I can understand their. that's a little easier for me to understand how they work, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's, that's why I've always liked items on top of it because it adds, it adds variety to it because you can only – like I like, if you want to know skill and just go right down to a very competitive standpoint of it, then yeah, take off items, take off area effects, and then that's very competitive. If you want to have more like a party fun game, then throw in items because then it's more more random. You don't know what's going to happen. Um, yeah. Usually so, for us, it's usually for us. Right. We just we leave the, the the all the effects for the for the actual areas on, but we shut the items off. And or sometimes we will just throw certain items on. Sometimes it's just to pick a couple items in specific and just have nuts with it. Like we did one where it was all umbrellas and bob bombs. It was just utter chaos. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. See, that's that's like augmenting a little. Home bit. run like bat is so. one of my favorite ones to go. For. Yeah, just just yeah. Uh, fire like, powers uh, and slam and 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 home run bats. Yeah, that like, can get really ugly really quickly. <laughs> Like, it's really good to just have a Pokemon battle. So you put, like, just Pokemon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, I've done that. Time. Yeah, we did that at Pokemon Stadium once. We did just Pokeballs. And that was, yeah. I prefer to have certain amount of items, not, like, everything. It's kind of more fun when you kind of get to choose. Like, we'll have a group of people, say, four people, and each person chooses an item they want as part of it, and then those are the items that show up. 
Uh, that's a good way to do it. See, it's all about variety. So, yeah, I'd say change it up. That's why I like items because it changes things up. So Definitely. you throw on every item, it's a shit storm. And it's, but that, that's fun. When it goes crazy and you can't tell what's going on and there's this thing flying all over the place, I find that really fun because you got to really focus on what's going on. See, I already have to focus so much already. I have to quit after about an hour because my heart rate will go up and it starts bothering me. <laughs> and, oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, but it, oh. So I'm I think a supporter it's, for items. I'm a supporter for items. Just full items. Okay. I'm not a table anymore. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. God darn it. Really wanted yeah. to sand out that lump. Please no. I know. It's still there. That's still the really face tiny, of my though. spine. Leave me alone. <laughs> why, is it, why is it on the front, though? I don't know. You t- you try and just figure out how my bo- my body turns into a table. Yeah. I think it's what disconnects the center and allows you to attach a leaf to make it bigger. Uh, I gotcha. I gotcha. I really don't want to think about anything getting bigger on coal. Shut <laughs> up. In any brain. case, I'm just going to go. I'm going to move on then. Move on to what? That brings us to the end of this podcast. Oh, oh. damn. And thank you so much for joining us once again. Make sure to check us out on our SoundCloud. Every like and subscription helps us out as creative partners. We'd love it if you check us out on iTunes and help us out with a five-star review. And if you, of course, you for, if you would be so kind to leave us a review, we'd love you for it as well. Just so you're aware, if you do want to go back to the very, very first episode, you won't have access to that on iTunes. You have to go right to the website where we post all our website, all our episodes. So just click, uh, go to um, go to a website on the iTunes page. We are also on YouTube for all our multimedia podcasts, and don't forget our Twitter at Soccer Rangers and our email SoccerRangersPodcast at gmail dot com. We actually have one tweet on our Twitter finally, after who knows how long the, that thing has existed. Uh, we we have lots of fun ideas, and we can't wait to hear and or for you to hear and or see them. So we hope you all join us for that. And, of course, we are doomed updating every single Monday. Take care, everybody. Bye. 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 See you. the zombie band. Wait a second. Who's driving? Ah!